Chapter Twenty Three of *The King of Elfland's Daughter* by Lord Dunsany. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Three: Luralu watches the restlessness of Earth. As the day wore on, and still Orion slept heavily, and even the hounds lay silent in their kennels a little way off, and the coming and going of men and carts below had nothing to do with the troll. Luralu began to feel lonely. So thick are the brown trolls in the dells they inhabit that none feels lonely there. They sit there silent, enjoying the beauty of Elfland or their own impudent thoughts, or at rare moments when Elfland is stirred from its deep natural calm, their laughter floods the dells. They were no more lonely there than rabbits are. But in all the fields of earth there was only one troll, and that troll felt lonely. The door of the pigeon-loft was open some ten feet from the door of the hay-loft, and some six feet higher. A ladder led to the hay-loft, clamped to the wall with iron, but nothing at all communicated with the pigeon-loft, lest cats should go that way. From it came the murmur of abundant life, which attracted the lonely troll. The jump from door to door was nothing to him, and he landed in the pigeon-loft in his usual attitude, with a look of impudent welcome upon his face. But the pigeons poured away on a roar of wings through their windows, and the troll was still lonely. He liked the pigeon-loft as soon as he looked at it. He liked the signs that he saw of teeming life, the hundred little houses of slate and plaster, the myriad feathers, and the musty smell. He liked the age-old ease of the sleepy loft, and the huge spider-webs that draped the corners, holding years and years of dust. He did not know what cobwebs were, never having seen them in Elfland, but he admired their workmanship. The age of the pigeon loft that had filled the corners with cobwebs and broken patches of plaster away from the wall, showing ruddy bricks beneath, and laid bare the laths in the roof and even the slates beyond, gave to the dreamy place an air not unlike to the calm of Elfland, but below it and all around Luralu noted the restlessness of earth. Even the sunlight through the little ventilation holes that shone on the wall moved. Presently there came a roar of the pigeons' returning wings and the crash of their feet on the slate roof above him, but they did not yet come in again to their homes. He saw the shadow of this roof cast on another roof below him and the restless shadows of the pigeons along the edge. He observed the grey lichen covering most of the lower roof and the neat round patches of newer yellow lichen on the shapeless mass of the grey. He heard a duck call out slowly six or seven times. He heard a man come into the stable below him and lead a horse away. A hound woke and cried out. Some jackdaws, disturbed from some tower, passed over high in the air with boisterous voices. He saw big clouds go hurrying along the tops of far hills. He heard a wild pigeon call from a neighboring tree. Some men went by talking, and after a while he perceived to his astonishment what he had had no leisure to notice on his previous visit to Earl, that even the shadows of houses moved, for he saw that the shadow of the roof under which he sat had moved a little on the roof below, over the grey and yellow lichen. Perpetual movement and perpetual change. He contrasted it in wonder with the deep calm of his home, 
where the moment moved more slowly than the shadows of houses here and did not pass until all the content with which a moment is stored had been drawn from it by every creature in elfland and then with a whirring and whining of wings the pigeons began to come back they came from the tops of the battlements of the highest tower of earl on which they had sheltered a while feeling guarded by its great height and its hoary age from this strange new thing that they feared they came back and sat on the sills of their little windows and looked in with one eye at the troll some were all white but the grey ones had rainbow-coloured necks that were scarce less lovely than those colours that made the splendour of elfland and Lurlu, as they watched him suspiciously where he sat still in a corner longed for their dainty companionship and when these restless children of the restless air and earth still would not enter he tried to soothe them with the restlessness to which they were accustomed and in which he believed all folk that dwelt in our fields delighted he leaped up suddenly he sprang on to a slate-built house for a pigeon high on the wall he darted across to the next wall and back to the floor but there was an outcry of wings and the pigeons were gone and gradually he learned that the pigeons preferred stillness their wings roared back soon to the roof their feet thumped and clicked on the slates again but not for a long time did they return to their homes and the lonely troll looked out of their windows observing the ways of earth he saw a water wagtail light on the roof below him he watched it until it went and then two sparrows came to some corn that had been dropped on the ground he noted them too each was an entirely new genus to the troll and he showed no more interest as he watched every movement of the sparrows than should we if we met with an utterly unknown bird when the sparrows were gone the duck quacked again so deliberately that another ten minutes passed while lurlu tried to interpret what it was saying and though he desisted then because other interests attracted him he felt sure it was something important then the jackdaws tumbled by again but their voices sounded frivolous and lurlu did not give them much attention to the pigeons on the roof that would not come home he listened long not trying to interpret what they were saying yet satisfied with the case as the pigeons put it feeling that they told the story of life and that all was well and he felt as he listened to the low talk of the pigeons that earth must have been going on for a long time beyond the roofs the tall trees rose up leafless except for evergreen oaks and some laurels and pines and yews and the ivy that climbed up trunks but the buds of the beech were getting ready to burst and the sunlight glittered and flashed on the buds and leaves and the ivy and laurel shone a breeze passed by and some smoke drifted from some near chimney far away lorelou saw a huge grey wall of stone that circled a garden all asleep in the sun and clear in the sunlight he saw a butterfly sail by and swoop when it came to the garden and then he saw two peacocks go slowly past he saw the shadow of the roofs darkening the lower part of the shining trees he heard a cock crow somewhere and a hound spoke out again and then a sudden shower rained on the roofs and at once the pigeons wanted to come home they alighted outside their little windows again and all looked sideways at the troll 
Lorelou kept very still this time, and after a while the pigeons, though they saw that he was by no means one of themselves, agreed that he did not belong to the tribe of Cat, and returned at last to the street of their tiny houses, and there continued their age-old tale. And Lorelou longed to repay them with curious tales of the trolls, the treasured legends of Elfland, but he found that he could not make them understand troll talk. So he sat and listened to them talking, till it seemed to him they were trying to lull the restlessness of earth, and thought that they might, by drowsy incantation, be putting some spell against time, through which it could not come to harm their nests, for the power of time was not made clear to him yet, and he knew not yet that nothing in our fields has the strength to hold out against time. The very nests of the pigeons were built on the ruins of old nests, on a solid layer of crumbled things that time had made in that pigeon loft, as outside it the strata are made from the ruins of hills. So vast and ceaseless a ruin was not yet clear to the troll, for his sharp understanding had only been meant to guide him through the lull and the calm of Elfland, and he busied himself with a tinier consideration. For seeing that the pigeons seemed now amicable, he leapt back to his hayloft and returned with a bundle of hay, which he put down in a corner to make himself comfortable there. When the pigeons saw all this movement, they looked at him sideways again, jerking their necks queerly, but in the end decided to accept the troll as a lodger, and he curled up on his hay and listened to the history of earth, which he believed the tale of the pigeons to be, though he did not know their language but the day wore on and hunger came on the troll far sooner than ever it did in elfland where even when he was hungry he had no more to do than to reach up and take the berries that hung low from the trees that grew in the forest that bordered the dells of the trolls and it is because the trolls eat them whenever hunger comes on them which it rarely does that these curious fruits are called troll berries he leaped now from the pigeon loft and scampered abroad, looking all around for troll berries. And there were no berries at all, for there is but one season for berries, as we know well. It is one of the tricks of time. But that all the berries on earth should pass away for a period was to the troll too astounding to be comprehended at all. He was all among farm buildings, and presently he saw a rat humping himself slowly along through a dark shed. He knew nothing of rat talk, but it is a curious thing that when any two folk are after the same thing, each somehow knows what the other is after at once, as soon as he sees him. We are all partially blind to other folk's occupations, but when we meet anyone engaged in our own pursuit, then somehow we soon seem to know without being told. At the moment that Laura Luce saw the rat in the shed, he seemed to know that it was looking for food. So he followed the rat quietly, and soon the rat came up to a sack of oats, and to open that took him no longer than it does to shell a row of peas, and soon he was eating the oats. "'Are they good?' said the troll in troll talk. The rat looked at him dubiously, noting his resemblance to man, and on the other hand his unlikeness to dogs." But on the whole, the rat was dissatisfied, and after a long look, he turned away in silence and went out of the shed. Then Lurlou ate the oats and found they were good. 
when he had had enough oats the troll returned to the pigeon loft and sat a long while there at one of the little windows looking out across the roofs at the strange new ways of time and the shadows upon the trees went higher and the glitter was gone from the laurels and all the lower leaves and then the light of the ivy leaves and the holm oaks turned from silvery to pale gold and the shadow went higher still all the world full of change an old man with a narrow long white beard came slowly to the kennels and opened the door and went in and fed the hounds with meat that he brought from a shed all the evening rang with the hounds outcry and presently the old man came out again and his slow departure seemed to the watchful troll yet more of the restlessness of earth and then a man came slowly leading a horse to the stable below the pigeon loft and went away again and left the horse eating the shadows were higher now on walls and roofs and trees only the treetops and the tip of a high belfry had the light any longer the ruddy buds on high beeches were glowing now like dull rubies and a great serenity came in the pale blue sky and small clouds leisurely floating there turned to a flaming orange past which the rooks went homewards to some clump of trees under the downs it was a peaceful scene and yet to the troll as he watched in the musty loft amongst generations of feathers the noise of the rooks and their multitude thronging the sky the dull continual sound of the horse eating the leisurely sound now and then of homeward feet and the slow shutting of gates seemed to be proof that nothing ever rested in all the fields we know and the sleeping lazy village that dreamed in the vale of earl and that knew no more of other lands than their folk knew of its story seemed to that simple troll to be a vortex of restlessness and now the sunlight was gone from the highest places and a moon a few days old was shining over the pigeon loft out of sight of Luralu's window but filling the air with a strange new tint and all these changes bewildered him so that he thought a while of returning to elfland but the whim came again to his mind to astonish the other trolls and while this whim was on him he slipped down from the loft and went to find orion end of chapter twenty three luralu watches the restlessness